0: This is William Tencup, and we are on-site in Dallas, Texas at the Omni Hotel for iSolved. They're doing a road show, and so we're going to talk a lot about their road show. Jeff, would you do us a favor? hmm Since I saw you last, what it was it, October in Nashville? Right. You've been on a pilgrimage of sorts. <laughs> of sorts. Of sorts. Yeah. You, you told me about it then. I, mean, I remember when we did a briefing, mm-hmm. you were like, hey, yeah, we're going to do this road show. We're going to go across America. And- right. I'm like, well, that's, first of all, that's awesome. And then you started to describe it like, oh, yeah, we're going to do like three or four cities a week. I'm like, say, say that again.
1: That's, that's, that's crazy. All right. So, first of all, let's uh, introduce yourself for yep. the audience. Of course. Yeah. So my name is Jeff Webb. I'm the vice president solution strategy here at iSolved. What does that do? What do, What are we doing here with this? Uh, so, you know, my role really within iSold is to, is to stay very close to the challenges that the customers have, but also to make sure that we are clearly communicating our direction, our thinking and our vision around, you know, the technology and the services that we deliver. And and that's, I think that the road shows, which we, well, I know we're going to talk about have, have really come at the sharp end of right. that, right? They have been absolutely, you know, the expression where the rubber meets the road of that conversation. And it is a conversation back right. and forth between customer and us and us and customer. You know what I love
0: about that is uh, large software companies this is one of the kind of the, the pains that mm-hmm. all large software companies have is that they get to a point where they're, they they've sold something to a customer the customer understands what they bought but they don't understand the array of all the other mm-hmm. things that they've either added to the product etc and so you wake up one day and the customer doesn't know they're going out and sourcing another product that you have. Mm-hmm. And that you're, that's great. So like, I love the fact that you're an advocate. You're out there talking to customers.
1: You know, we, we even find that sometimes customers are going out and sourcing products that they already have. So, you know, it, it's <laughs> like a case of, um, and you know, you see this a lot in yeah. in the software industry of, of sort of knowledge of the things that you own actually doesn't increase over time. It, it degrades over time right. because different people come through, different people are using it, the original right. team that set it up move on to something else. and And so... What happens is the value that customers get from any sort of technology tends to slowly decrease over time as they, as they lose connection to the, the sort of the scope of possibilities. Right. And, and the roadshows have been, um, both a, you know, a, a case in point of that, but also an exceptional, um, exceptional platform to, to, to reverse that trend, right? To, to really make sure that our customers are getting the maximum value out of what they already have and understanding the, scope of things that they can therefore achieve in the future it's i've said this for
0: years that a feature is not a feature unless people use it right exactly so yeah. this is it's it's one of those deals especially like like when you deal with benefits people um they do a very good they're very hard work to find out exactly what the employees want etc mm-hmm. and they're always trying to right size it it's like you want consumption the whole idea is you're trying to build things You know, for people to use and software is no no different. Mm. You're trying to release different features that people that they need, they struggle with, they're, they,
1: they, it'll help them in their life and their business. Yeah. And, you know, this is the other, the great challenge that other technology companies face is that you, you become very focused on the technology. You become, as you, you know, for good reason, sort of consumed in, your plans and the direction you're taking and how am i going to get there and how much of the you know technology debt can i afford to to close on this this run of the you know release cycle and how much innovation am i going to have and it becomes really easy to to then drift slowly but steadily away from the safe harbor of actually what do your customers want right so again talking back to the road shows the you know we began this um this odyssey (laughs) on i do feel like a bit like a dcs at times like i'm going to be out at sea for the next 10 years but um, <laughs> you know, we, we began this because we wanted to make sure we were staying close to customers. We wanted right. to go out and meet customers where they were. And that's yeah. part of the nature of our customer base is they're small to medium businesses. So, you know, they're not going to be coming to major sort of a, a corporate events in big hubs. We right. wanted to go to them. What we found was there was an incredible appetite to to, to come and meet us right when we went to them. And so you know, we began, I think when we met, we sort of the plan was we'll do, we, we first thought we'd do 10. And then we thought, no, that's working really well. Let's do 20. And then we sort of got to about 23, I think during the second part of last year. Um, but you know, relatively packed in. And then we, we went into this year. Now we're at, we're way into the mid to high sixties of roadshows that we're delivering this year. And, and, and the number keeps going up because the more we do, the more people are coming to us and saying, you know, our partners, our customers are like, well, would you come to this city? Well, will you do, will you meet us here? Yeah. Nobody goes to Topeka. Right. Go, come to <laughs> Topeka. Um,
0: it's, it's, well, first of all, what I love about the road shows in your Roadshow road show in particular is it's, it's both telling and listening mm-hmm. simultaneously. Like they need to learn what new things you have going on. And it doesn't really matter the order, but basically you, in six hours or less, mm-hmm. You want to make sure that they understand here's all the things that we've done since we last spoke. Here's some things on the roadmap that you should be excited about. Mm-hmm. And, okay, full stop. Now, you tell us. Oh, yeah. You know, again, what's going on in your life? What's changed? What do you need? What are you starting to see that, you know, we need to either partner with or build uh, or uh, we need to figure out a solution for you because you're having
1: this problem? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that sometimes that's a... Um, a technology solution. So, you know, we'd yeah. like to be able to do this. Other times it's a uh, uh, services. You know, you know, we, we'd love it if you could take this particular piece of workload off our plate, if you could help us do this. And actually, we've already launched additional services just on the basis of the conversations we had oh, wow. with customers where they've said, you know what, we'd love it if you could just do this. And we're like, well, we, we've got plenty of people who know how to do that. Why don't we just do that for you? Um, and the other thing that we do, though, is, you know, we're, Constantly are asking the question: How can we just look after you better? So right. it isn't just the case of things we build and sell. It right. is what is the nature of our interactions as the, the the partner on the journey that we're going on with you that we can do better. How do we get closer to you? And and our customers are great because they tell us. I mean, you know, they will tell us like, oh, we. If, if you, you ask them, uh, yeah, yeah, and if you listen to the answer, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely, yeah. they tell you.
0: It's funny. I was on a panel yesterday, and the uh, there's a. VP of HR from Goldman Sachs and uh we we're giving advice to vendors mm-hmm. and uh one of the things he said he goes, listen great sales and CX teams make me feel like I'm the only person they're talking to right you know like the, the like I'm the most important person that they're talking to the, I know they have other customers mm-hmm. but when I'm talking with them I'm the only I'm the only one in their life and mm-hmm. I got to I got to feel that if I don't feel that I the the relationship degrades
1: yeah and you know that it's true like it, it, it's a relationship right and and nobody wants to have a relationship with somebody that treats them like well you're part of a large body of people and i'll generalize who you know who you are and what you want to some degree that's that's not a relationship no. so you know that's part of the um it's a little bit of the magic that we've managed to capture with isalt as well is that ability to be very directly connected to the the customers we have and you know the roadshows are one way of doing that i think that if i think of another example it's the community the the people heroes community work that we're doing um that's become incredibly central to the nature of the relationship we have with our customers and um you know from and sort of bringing those two things together we we talk regularly about the people heroes community and the and the the university and the things that we do here on the road shows because so you know so many of our customers are like i I didn't know about that that's great (laughs) and yet you always have a few people in the room that are already heavily engaged in it, and they will literally stand up, right? And they'll they'll, they'll say to the rest of them, no, you have to get online. You have to go to the community. Oh, yeah. Um, I had one... Story, but so Sorry, the community itself is, you know, we built this so that HR professionals and and you know, payroll professionals and benefits administrators and so on, they can come in and talk to each other, right? right. Via our community. It isn't, uh, you know, us talking to them. It's really a place for them to talk to each other. You know, I got to stop you there because... Mm-hmm. A lot of
0: software companies don't do this mm-hmm. because um, they fear customers talking to each other is going to create problems. Oh yeah, you know, going, it's going to be a complaint fest, mm-hmm. right? Well, mm-hmm. they don't do this. I don't appreciate that, and it's going to start talking about pricing, all kinds of secret stuff. It's like if you keep them apart, that's okay. Yeah, you know, you're going to have to go and figure these things out one by one. If you put them together, yeah, you might get a little of that but your product team's listening and people keep complaining about a certain aspect of the product,
1: this is a great mechanism for them to learn. It, again, it goes back to you, you actually want to know what your customers want you to do right. and then you probably to be successful should go do those things. Right. And, it, and it seems so obvious and yet so many companies try to control the conversation and, right. and, and compartmentalize their customers. Right. That's not our approach. Our approach is like, let's bring them together. They'll, they'll talk to each other They'll tell us. Our job is to listen. Yeah.
0: Exactly. It's it's funny though that uh, there's a lot of ego involved in in other software companies in terms of the product. Like, mm-hmm. And you and I have both seen this. We I think we even talked about it in mm-hmm. Nashville. That uh, it's like the product leader sometimes or the CTO sometimes they think they know best. Mm-hmm. And you know you can't be a hundred percent customer product focused because. It runs the risk of not understanding what's going on in the market. Mm-hmm. The customers can tell you so much, but they don't know what else is going on macro right. and what's going on. And so you, there is a delicate balance mm-hmm. of going, okay, we need to listen to the customers. And if they, if we have density around a problem, we need to fix that. Okay, great. But well, we're not trying to build custom software. Mm-hmm. So if one client has this one problem, you know, we can't we can't I mean we can't do that for everyone else because every Every choice you make in product, it's at the, it's at the expense of another choice, right? It's not unlimited. And so I think that's a, it's actually really hard for product people. I, I talk to them all the time about, we balance these things out because you're the listening, the voice of the customer, listening to the customer, gaining any type of insight and knowledge you can there. Great. But Then how do you also look at competitors, mm-hmm. look at the market
1: in general and then go, Which do we pick? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is always the balance between solving for the challenge that you're hearing today. But but then you've got to extrapolate that forward and say, well, what's that going to look like in a year or two or three years time? Right. And focus on that. That The trick is to do that process, right? To look at problems that people have and think, well, given what we see in the sort of macro environment, in in the shifts in the technology and shifts in legislation and so on, what what challenges will they likely face in the future and how do we start to build out solving them and not to go let's look at where the technology is today and extend the technology forward because what what, again i've seen this happen so many times um, is the company becomes focused on building very interesting technology that ultimately diverges from where the customer needs them to be so yeah you're absolutely right you've got to solve today's problems you've got to have a vision for the future and you've got to solve tomorrow's problems not just build tomorrow's technology and what you're doing
0: is making sure that they're using the stuff that's been built mm-hmm. or building, you know, make, making sure that they're consuming all the product. Right. So a couple of things about the roadshows. Um, what's something that just in, in all of your travels. So what have you done? 40? So I'm getting
1: there 40. I'll be 40, 44 today. Honey, I'll
0: see you in uh <laughs> 20, 20 Anywho, <laughs> send pictures of the kids. Um, So what have you learned that's just kind of come out of nowhere? Like you didn't expect it. Maybe it had been a conversation with a partner or a Mm -hmm. customer or even one
1: of your own executives where you're like, I didn't see that coming. You know, I think one of the things that was most interesting for me is, you know, we we hear a lot of the things you would expect. You know, I need to find, I need to be able to recruit good people. I need to develop them. I need to be able to invest in them and retain them. I need more time to do stuff. One of the things that I think was really interesting is Help me demonstrate to my business the impact of the things i'm already doing and the potential impact of the future. HR people rarely get any help in showing the value of what they're doing in business terms right so they become compartmentalized themselves as sort of operational functions of just you know make sure folks are happy and, and make sure the stuff gets paid and things but train's got to move on time. right but but connecting that to the business impact is something that they have really um struggled with because there's just no tools to help them do that. Right. And that's something that I think's been really interesting for us. It's like, well, again, we're all about investing in the, their success. Right? If we can help the HR teams be successful in what they do, that translates into us having a great relationship with them right. and them being successful themselves. Right. So, you know, we're looking like how do we help them demonstrate the power of what they're already doing and the potential of what they could do in the future, in terms that the rest of the business understands, in terms right. that the CFO understands, and the, the president of the company it's,
0: it's interesting. I was uh, years ago. I was doing a, I was in Europe doing a uh, analyst event for a global payroll provider who's no longer. Uh, they've been acquired, mm-hmm. and uh, the CEO is demoing the software, and they get to a certain point. It's it's global payroll, so it's a little bit different. He's like, "Well, we did with these." Uh, these analytical slides that kind of come out is you can easily make them into PDFs and PowerPoint slides. So you hit a button. So you've run in a report. You click a button and it PDFs it mm-hmm. or it makes it into a PowerPoint slide or something like that. And again, it's kind of a simple thing, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, it's like easier for them to then put into a deck mm-hmm. or send attached to an email and say, okay, here's you want asked how many employees we have. Here's a, here's a slide, you know, here's, here's some data on that. So I think giving them tools to then be able to communicate the value back and also these to understand the spend. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important that, Hey, listen, yes, we spend money on payroll technology or HRS technology. This is core. They call it core HR for a reason. Yep. So we, we spend money on that, but here's why we spend Mm -hmm. money. So that came out of nowhere. What's uh, do you get to visit the
1: city when you get to go to Charlotte? <laughs> do you actually get to get out of the hotel? Or have you? Have you... I, <laughs> there have been times when I've been able to actually escape from the hotel mm-hmm. and go walk around. Um, you know, and you know, you get some. I get to go to places that I would never have gone to otherwise. By the right. way, which is, I think, you know, I don't want to make it sound like this, some kind of holiday trip for me, but it's right. been. Meeting the customers has been amazing. Right, um, Getting to see where they live has been great. There's been some beautiful places I never would have seen before uh, around the US. So it's that's been a, a kind of a luxury for me. And I got to ask you, favorite city oh, so far? So far? So you far? You know, well, if I say any city, I'll just offend everybody else having been no. to 44. But yeah. I have to say that one of the most surprising cities Ma- is Madison. Madison. Oh. Madison. Madison, Wisconsin yeah. in the summer. In, oh, yeah. <laughs> I have to say. So, every time I tell people that Madison is this beautiful cigarette right? college town, the, between these two lakes, it's, yes, yeah, it's beautiful. And yeah. everyone says, Yeah, you should come back in February. <laughs> and I'm like, No, we're not going to run a customer no, event in February. No, we're good. No, we're good.
0: <laughs> I did a, uh, um, a Sherm event up there years ago and I fell in love with it because oh, it was yeah. in May or June. And right. I'm like, Why haven't I ever been here before? <laughs> this is fantastic. I know, right. Um, tell me a little bit about what customers are, you know, after you sell the software, you're dealing with customers. So mm-hmm. the implementations, mm-hmm. what's what's kind of driving them these days and kind of training and driving y'all's conversation with them? Like, okay, hey, we're, we're here to support you. Not just sell you software. right? We're here to support you and make sure that you understand how to use it, etc. Yep. So it used to be that you could say the word implementations mm-hmm. and HR practitioners would just fall down on the ground and start of sucking on their thumbs, mm-hmm. right? Because we've all had a bad experience. Oh, yeah it's not as bad as it used to be, No, but there's still some bubbles out there. So what, what are you finding out of doing these road shows about what they like about mm-hmm. how you roll things out mm-hmm. stand things up and, uh, what they like about how you train? and then you know, also things you've learned that you need to get better at.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that, I I would say first of all, one of the things that we were very proud of is the speed with which we can get up and running. And you know, I've got to say that because it's true, right? I right. I've worked for SaaS companies where it's months and months and months. Oh yeah, yeah. Year. Yeah. We don't that thankfully that's not us. We can get up and running really quickly, which for our size customers is important. Like, right. you know, they need this up in weeks, not in, in months and months. That said, I think the thing that I've heard most regularly is help us understand the questions we should have been asking during implementation. So in, in other words, that's from the customer. So oh, in other words, it's like, you know, you did a great job of implementing what I asked you to implement, but I didn't know enough right. to ask the right questions. Right. And I think that, you know, as, as we hone and perfect, and we, obviously we've implemented 150,000 companies around the US, we, right. we've had a fair bit of experience doing this. Yes. Yet we can still get better by helping them understand the implications of the things they're asking for. And I think, again, as we, spend time investing in them and training and showing them the, the art of the possible, it gets easier to to shape that. I will say when even when we have those conversations and the customer says, you know what, I asked for the wrong thing or I didn't right. ask for it in the right way. Right. Um, we do also work extremely hard to be very, very close to them through the the all of the parts of the process. So they usually follow that up by saying, but it was okay, because you guys were there and, and we did everything that we needed to to get it to be, you know, where we wanted. it. But yeah, helping, I think, educate HR professionals on what technology can do for them, and how to ask for the right things to have the business impact that they're looking for, right. is is a great area, and you know, and that's an area where I think exposing information from folks like yourselves and from best practices and so on is just going to keep improving the state of the art.
0: What hold? Well, first two questions. Mm-hmm. One is, um, do you do all of your own implementations, or do do you do a percentage of your own implementations? We, we have a
1: huge implementation team. They're yeah. they've been doing this forever. They are. Really good at this. The other thing that we have, and actually this came directly out of the roadshows, is um, teams that will come in and sit down with customers, even six, nine months after a year, two, three years after, and and sort of go, let's look at everything you're doing, right? And go, no, actually there's a better way of doing that. Let's why don't we just do it like that instead? We we had conversations at the roadshows where people were telling us this, you know, this is how we're doing things, and we would say, mm. Mm, don't do that. Yeah, that's, I mean, it works, but that's that's costing you money, or that's not efficient, right? And so we've developed a, a team that can, can now come in and, and they spend time with them and we'll, we'll go through everything and, and show them the best way to get to the things that they need.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that on so many levels because it's like you've made the investment. You're continuing mm-hmm. to make an investment. We want you to continue to get value, not just because we've sold you something. Mm-hmm. So many people, they sell and and they're moving on to the next thing. Um, what holds back the, uh, the stand-up? So if we, we sign a contract with somebody and uh, we're going to stand them up what's what's if you, if you were to say here's the number one or two things a historical data is it is it like what is the thing that that holds people back
1: i think it's it's always the data right yeah. it is rarely the technology yeah you know software software you can yeah, yeah. write software it works right i mean we pretty much got to the point where you can write software and it works um thankfully uh, the um it's the data, right? Because the thing that HR teams always have is massive amounts of data. It's highly unstructured. It's rarely in forms that, that are easy to, to sort of consume and be normalized. And so it, it isn't so much that it holds us back. It is usually just, it's it's often more of a challenge than the HR teams themselves realized. It's like, well, we, we're going to have to take a lot of data. And I have some <laughs> talked to many customers where they're like, we had a lot of data. It was all over the place, including, okay. you know, one one customer... All they had were paper records going oh, yeah. back to the mid-1960s. Like, oh, yeah. That's all we had. Yeah, And and you're like, well, that's going to take some time to move. So, mm-hmm. I mean, people understand that, but that's always the big step. Is like, right. let's get the data in one place. Once you've got the data in one place and it's normalized and, and we're consistent, we can start to do the interesting stuff. We can start to automate. We can start to deliver reports. We can start to make sure that you've got access to information you need. You've got to move that data in first.
0: Is, have you found it easier to migrate, you know, they're migrating from something, mm-hmm. right? So whether it could be Post-it notes or, <laughs> you know, something like that, or another system mm-hmm. or another, another vendor, et cetera, is, is there something, we don't need to name names, but is there an easier way, like if they're if they're using a proprietary tag but it's pretty well documented, right. you know, this it, is going to be relatively easy mm-hmm. as opposed to things
1: that aren't. Yeah, I think when they're already in a you know an HCM platform of some kind, and we can move that data across into our platforms, then yeah, that's obviously a more the data's already typically structured and not and, and sort of consistent in the way it's delivered, so it's easier for us to move when it's in homegrown systems and multiple other systems or no system at all. Excel, right? Yeah, yep. or Excel, and post-it notes, post-it notes feature heavily, and this is something I've learned. Post-it notes feature very heavily in the world of HR. And there's a lot of data in post-it notes. Post.
0: So <laughs> I tell people this. Uh, all the time that Microsoft Office Mm -hmm. is the, is the world's biggest HR tech company, right? Mm -hmm. Because we deal with and on all aspects Mm -hmm. of of HR. Uh, if you ever dig into compensation, if you ever get bored and you dig into comp, Mm -hmm. it's, it's done in Excel. Oh yeah. I mean, it's crazy Mm -hmm. the things that they do in Excel, but it's done in Excel. I mean, so, okay. So the, the, the roadshows. So again, you're, you're going to continue these.
1: Mm -hmm. You see an end in mind? You, you start visiting? <laughs> no, we do. We visit the same cities again. So we'll go back to... Really? Oh, absolutely, yeah. We, um, okay. we may visit the same city a couple of times a year. And what we'll find is a couple of things happen. One is we'll get a whole bunch of new customers come in because they just couldn't make that day. But we also were seeing, you know, maybe... At each roadshow, maybe it's like five, six percent of the folks coming have been to roadshows before. And they're just coming back. No, I really enjoyed it. I'm coming back for a second time around. I've had, we've had people that have come to three roadshows and they just, they, they love, because what they get is not only do they get to ask a different set of questions, right? And they get to hear different right. data. Because whilst the other thing we do is during the course of the year, we're, we're updating information, we're updating, right. what, you know, the best practices, um, they get to meet other people. And, you know, HR can be a lonely profession and and getting to meet their peers and sit down and have those conversations has been great I guess the other thing that happens on the community I had a lady ask me um she stood up and she said I I my company bought another company that's a manufacturing company in a in a different state I had no idea what to do I asked the question on the on the people here as community on our on community site and another community member just reached out to her directly and said don't worry i've got you i do that for a living Reached out to her directly and gave her all the information she needed, and and we were never involved in that process at all. And well, you were because you set it up. We did, right? <laughs> we, we set up the we set up the environment to bring people together, right. and then we just let it happen. It can step back and let the magic happen. Um, and that's been, you know, that's that's the reason people come back to the roadshows too. you get to meet new people.
0: Well, there's a lot of as you talked about justifying cost for HR mm-hmm. and helping them kind of tell the, a business story. What have you learned about you know this is these road shows, a lot of time, a lot of money, mm-hmm. a lot of energy, <laughs> a lot of you out on, <laughs> I think, what are you, your uh, executive platinum on like 19 different airlines at this point? <laughs> They're going to name a plane <laughs>
1: after me at some point, <laughs> I'm hoping.
0: Here's Je- Jeff has no, <laughs> Jeff, stand up. You now can come up to the pilot seat. You're good. Um, but but again, you're probably also talking to the rest of the executives mm-hmm. and saying, okay, this is why this is important because mm-hmm. not everyone does this. You know this in oh, our yeah. space. Mm-hmm. Not, not everyone does this. They might do four or five cities, mm-hmm. but usually they're more sales events yep. than they are, this is, these are true customer events. You Absolutely. might have a prospect or two that are running mm-hmm. around just kind of, you know uh, learning about what you do, but these are, these are customer events. So have you had dialogue with the rest of the executive team and the board or mm-hmm. anybody like that and just kind of like, hey, this is what's working?
1: We do, but I, you know, I have to say that from the board on down, they are huge supporters of these events because they see the value. They see the value of engaging with customers. We, you know, our board is pretty smart, pretty smart bunch of people. Yeah. Um, our executive management the same. So, and I'm not just saying that because I work for them. Yeah, right? yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> they may be listening to this just <laughs> I in case. I, absolutely love our they, CEO. The great guys, great right? guys. <laughs> no, but seriously, they, but no, they were they were behind it very quickly. And I will say, you know, honestly, it was a leap of faith to begin the first few once we started to engage with customers at any software company should do this, please go meet your customers. Please, right? You you engage with them and, and suddenly that's when for us, we went, there's incredible value for us and for them to talk to each other. Shockingly, again, you, you think about, well, you know, a lot of companies will say we're all focused on customers or customer centric. Go meet your customers. Tell them.
0: Yeah. it's. I think some of it's daunting for software companies mm-hmm. to be in the same room with their customers because your know, salespeople are not a problem. Right. Yeah, because they sold them, they've got a relationship. Mm-hmm. you know take them out to dinner, all that type stuff. Uh, but product people mm-hmm. and and the CX people, mm-hmm. it's hard to then sit down, especially if there's a problem, because they're like, oh, just talk to them over Zoom, right? Or a little email. scary, right? Yeah, yeah, it's passive, right? Yeah, you being in a room with them, and like, hey, I have a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a question. You know, it could be pointed. I think that's why a lot of companies don't do it. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's the the
1: risk of that conflict. Yeah, but you know, you it's only if you see it as conflict that that's it's conflict, right? right. It, it's it's a conversation with your customers. And by right. the way, your customers are desperately trying to tell you yep. what you could do for them that would make their lives better, which is the whole purpose of the company. Right. Like they they just want to tell you. I had one lady, um, I was in the middle of a presentation, I can't remember what I was presenting on something around the the, the future of the roadmap. And this lady put her hand up and she said, I have a question. Oh yeah, please do, you know. I love getting questions, right? Um, she asked this question and she says, I'm so sorry. I didn't want to derail your conversation, you know, your, your presentation, but I really just need to ask about this. And we got into a great conversation with her. Somebody else jumped in. We were able to answer the question. And, and it turned out that was a question that was on a whole bunch of people's minds. And I made the point of saying, Look, I, please, and she apologized kind of to like, Please don't apologize. The whole point of being here is to have a conversation with you. I, you know, I'd much rather have a, a conversation with you that everyone's interested in than just go through slides. Right. This is about us listening to you. Yeah, this is harmful. You're not hurting me.
0: Yeah. You're making us better. Right. Oh, yeah. Your input is actually, you're you're helping, not hurting. Right. So, uh, two questions. One is, uh, do you see some of this living up to uh, Connect that mm-hmm. you're going to have, I think it's in October yep. in Palm Desert? That's right. Right. So, do you see this as a, a mechanism for maybe some of the admins or super users or something like that mm-hmm. to go to Connect?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, so obviously what we do is we, we talk about Connect. Connect is obviously our big user conference. Um, and it's, it's great. It's probably the best user conference I've ever been to for, you know, for a whole bunch of companies. and And this is Connect is awesome. Um, but yeah, what, what it enables them to do is say, well, actually now I get a sense of what sorts of things we cover at Connect. Uh, we obviously make sure if you come to the road shows we you know there's a discount code. You can come to Connect and it's yeah, cheaper, right? But yeah. but it, it but what really does is it opens their you know their perspective of oh this is what can happen when I go meet with the, the with an organization like I solved and we get to talk to them, and we show them what kinds of things we would cover at, at Connect. Um, I also get every so often I'll ask you know has anybody been to Connect and you the people that have been throw their hands in the oh, air yeah. and they're oh, yeah. super engaged and excited and they're like yes you must go to Connect. Um,
0: well, I think the thing that that I have found at uh, Connect last year in Nashville is it's a true user conference. Mm-hmm. Like so many of these uh, are really kind of, we're going to build a track to thought leadership. We're mm-hmm. going to build a track to this, that, the other. It's like people just want to know, especially the admins, and mm-hmm. the super admins and power users, stuff like that. They just want to know how to bend the software. and get more utility out of the software they i mean you can bring in magic johnson to then talk to him in the morning Mm -hmm. but that's cool Mm -hmm.
1: but they want to know how to use software yeah and we we balance both of those things so we try to make sure that there's multiple tracks running and and half of the the conference is really very hands-on it's this is how to go do that right And, and we have the people that have built the product in the room talking about that we have trainers there and then you have folks like myself who just get up and wave our arms around and make grandiose gestures and then talk about, you know, ideas and, you know, put up nice pictures and things. And we balance those things. So right? there's like a sense of the, you know, I always talk about belief systems, right? There's a belief system behind the way you run a business. It's like, this is why we were created to do these things. And, and it's always good to expose that and be clear on this is what we believe to be true. Here's, this is the creed that we believe is true. Let's talk about that. And then let's now help you go m- get more value out. I love that. The last question is: mm-hmm. Have you
0: found a formula that works for the roadshow? Mm. I mean, I mean, you started with a, what, a thesis or an idea right? a premise, <laughs> and, then, and then you got you got to Topeka, and uh, I always pick on Topeka for some I know, reason. Is yeah. <laughs> but uh, I actually like Topeka. But like, you get out on the road, it's like, mm-hmm. well, okay, that, like you're at the Omnia Hotel in Dallas, which mm-hmm. is a New hotel, it's beautiful, Mm. it's a great hotel, Mm -hmm. it's centrally located downtown Dallas, like, you know, you could have been anywhere, there's thousands of hotels in Dallas. So,
1: like, what's working in your formula? You know, I think, we we did, we honed it over a long, we've had plenty of opportunities to tune it and test it. I think we were lucky um, that, you know, in the initial road shows, we were pretty close. We kind of threw in, it was, you know, horseshoes and hand grenades, we were relatively close to where we were going for. But we we were able to identify very quickly. You know, we're spending too much time talking about this. We're not doing enough. Why don't we tune this a little bit? Let's change the flow. We need a break over here. And so content-wise, structurally, we were able to tune it over the course of, I would say, probably four or five roadshows to really get it to the point where oh, we've wow. got to now, now a, a consistent structure. It's fast. Um, and then I think... The sort of operational aspects of the day, we've kind of figured out, you know, this is how long it takes to really get people through the process of getting breakfast and sitting down, and this is where we should sit people and how. And here's how many of us should be at a roadshow to answer the questions. And so, yeah, there's sort of a mechanical aspect that you also tune at the same time as the content. Right. So... Thank you so much. I love talking to you. We can talk to you forever, but you know, evidently
0: you've got like stuff to do today. Apparently, I'm told, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Jeff. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I always love talking to you. Absolutely. And thanks everybody for listening. Until next time.